What's up, guys, and welcome into another episode of the Real Talk Podcast. My name is Tyler, and we've been gone for a little bit. I know the last time you guys heard from me, I was getting ready to go to L.A., and we're going to talk about all the shit that's gone on since then. We're going to dive into everything, and then from there, we're going to jump into the topic we're going to talk about today. But for right now, let's go ahead and run the intro. Yeah, woke up feeling blessed, feeling heavenly. Yeah, yeah, and my shot is straight from Beverly Yeah, they be talking, I can't tell a thing Yeah, don't know what they telling me yeah. At the mall, counting racks out of name Marcus, she gon' get a test, but I'm young and I'm heartless I was down bad, I was feeling, I was starving Nobody had my back, now I'm muddy, trying to call me Yeah Alright, so in this episode, we're gonna kinda start off at the point where I left you guys last time. And where I left you guys last time is you thought, okay, he's a couple days away, then he's going to go to LA for a week, and then he's going to come back, everything's going to be chill, whatever. And it didn't really work out that way. It's been about a month. I've been MIA, haven't made an episode, and we're going to touch on it. We're going to talk about it. But for starters, we're not going to dive too deep right now, but for starters, I ended up testing positive for COVID the day before my flight. The day before. So I had to cancel my trip. We're going to talk about it a little more. But for right now, let's kind of jump into the topic I want to talk about. So today we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about social anxiety. Social anxiety personally is not something I've had to stress over a ton. But like most people, whether you sweat or trip over your words or whatever weird thing happens to you when you get socially anxious, we've all dealt with it in some way. But over the last several months, I've come to learn that there are levels to this shit. There are several extremes to social anxiety that I've never seen, learned about, heard about, or experienced. And we're going to touch on some of those things. We're going to touch on different forms of social anxiety. We're going to touch on my personal experience with it. We're going to touch on ways we can improve on it and not let it affect us so much in our everyday lives. We're going to get into a ton of shit. So let's just, let's go. Whether you're growing up right now or you're already an adult, whatever point you're at in life, people get anxious to go places, do things, see things. Maybe it's the fucking DMV to get your license or you're making a deposit at the bank or even going to school. People get anxious. People get uncomfortable. They can be insecure. They can be scared. There are many things that can go on that can create or contribute to that social anxiety. Different things make different people anxious. And it can lead to a bunch of things happening. Like I said, you can trip over your words, you can sweat, you can have a tougher time focusing, your heart can start racing. I don't know. There's a ton of things that can stem from this. You're anxious. And some people don't deal with this. But my eyes were open truly to how bad this can get. I've been in my second quarantine now for about four and a half weeks. And even with the first one that lasted from March to August... I didn't really leave the house other than the grocery store or anything super essential. I didn't hang out with people. I didn't do any dumb shit. Then, one weekend in August, my boy Mickey asked me to help him move into his house down in Springfield for school. Of course, I said yes. Why wouldn't I? That's my fucking boy. So we went down, made it, got everything kind of inside and done by like 10 p.m. And I swear... I literally stopped drinking in 2018 because it just caused problems and shit. I do it like once every four or five months. I just don't enjoy it like I used to because I kind of outdid it. That's not the point. But the boys wanted to go out, so the boys went out. After a little Pink Whitney pregame and some Jack and Cokes at the bar, we were blasted by like midnight. Anyways, long story short, I had a good night. The boys had a good night, but I did break quarantine for the first time, and I got covid from that time. 
And now that it's done, it's hard to say that I regret going out because I had a good ass time, although I probably shouldn't have been there and it wasn't the smartest move. And it also resulted in me having to postpone my trip to LA that I've been waiting months for. Even though LA is not in the greatest shape right now, it still would have been cool to go out there. But lesson learned, I got my karma. It's been four and a half weeks now. I'm getting better, basically am better. And that's kind of the end of the story about what happened the last four and a half weeks. There's some other stuff too, but that's really the main gist of it. I lost my voice. I couldn't really do it. I wasn't feeling up to making a podcast and it wouldn't have been very good because again, my voice was gone. So my life, similar to many other people's lives since early March has consisted of so little, but so much at the same time. And this podcast is an opportunity for not only me to get things off my chest, to talk about things that I'm dealing with, but also turn that into a lesson or a learning experience that someone, if they were willing to listen, can take and run with it. And if I wasn't being genuine, if I wasn't sharing things that I had any knowledge about or things that I wasn't experiencing, it would be completely noticeable and then the authenticity is just gone. And that's not the goal here. The goal is for me to become a better person by doing this and then in turn helping whoever wants to listen to this become a better person as well. But since March, I have left the house to be social, as you guys know, one time. I've had someone over to hang out like three or four times. If I go anywhere, it's the grocery store and I have a mask on, AirPods in, hat on. Like I do my thing. I go back home. I'm not stalling. I'm not doing anything dumb. I'm not doing anything social. I'm not seeing anybody. I got out of a two plus year, mostly on some off relationship with my best friend in the whole world. Hands down, still the greatest person I know to this day. And then I got COVID and then I was dealing with that for a while and not having a voice so I couldn't record. So my way of getting this shit out of me was unavailable at the time. And you know how people get when they're depressed and upset, especially in this generation. I'm putting blackout curtains up or blankets over the windows so no natural lights getting in so I can just keep like a red, blue, or purple fucking LED light on all day long so I can just vibe and be upset and do whatever the fuck I want to do. It's a lot to deal with. And today is... October 2nd, that's 177 days in the four walls of one apartment dealing with these different life-changing scenarios one by one with no technically escape to go and distract, to go and do other things and give your attention to something else so you aren't thinking about the problem at hand. Well, when you're living in the space where the problem at hand took place or has taken place or is taking place, It's hard to distract. Where are you going to go? You can only go on so many walks around your fucking neighborhood in seven months. But I kept the windows covered for a couple weeks. It was completely dark. 24 hours a day, it got to the point where my sleep schedule had shifted from going to bed at 5, 6 a.m. when the birds started chirping. And then I'd get up at like 8, 9 p.m. when the sun was setting. And I never knew when it was bright out after a couple of days. It got wavy. It got weird. And I would not recommend it, even though I know everyone fucking does it. And I don't know, I guess it's just easier on the minds of those people who are dealing with shit to stay up in the nighttime because that's when your mind is supposed to be resting. And while you're not going to rest, obviously, that's why your sleep schedule is fucked because you're stressing or anxious about something or someone. Everything else around you is resting or should be resting. So it lets you calm down a little bit. Block out the sunlight when you're supposed to be normal. You're supposed to be fine. And then when the darkness comes, I don't know, it's super creepy and super weird and super dark. 
but I know I'm not the only fucking one that does it. So I did that for a couple weeks. You know how it goes. 45 minute to an hour shower concerts, like LEDs always on. It has to be blue, red, or that purple one. Again, there are going to be those people who think I'm just dramatic as shit and I'm being annoying. And that's fine. You can think that. It's just my way of how I deal with things. It's the way some people deal with things. Some people do. Some people don't. I don't really give a fuck. I'm telling my story here. And I can admit overall the last seven months since March when the quarantine started, I have wasted way more time than I thought I was going to have available to me. I thought the shutdown was going to be, I don't know, maybe a month. I had no idea just like everybody else. But the world was saying we weren't going to shut down. We weren't going to shut down. Then we did. So no one really thought a ton of it. And now it's been seven months for some people. That's a long time. And you may be thinking the same thing about yourself right now, that throughout this time period, you've wasted more days than you were comfortable with doing nothing now, looking back. And while you're doing that and you're being sort of hard on yourself, at least give yourself some credit and think about the things you did accomplish during this time period. I have, one, accomplished a lot of things, one of them being this podcast and starting it and taking that risk like I did in April to start it. And it's been successful. It's been fun. I have a great time doing it. Hopefully now it can be more fucking consistent because I'm not going to be sick and fingers crossed, we're going we're gonna to keep going with this. Another one of those things being the life experience I've gained. I've seen so much. I've learned so much about life and how the world works. And I've seen how bad truly people are hurting. I've seen every different kind of pain and how it affects people. And while I'm dealing with my own set of demons right now, as I try to deal with mine and conquer that, I'm going to also try to use this to give those who want and need it a little extra push to deal with the situations that they're dealing with. Nobody's two situations are going to be the exact same. However, there are some similar things that will help you get out of it. As time has gone on, it's fair to assume one isn't going to be as comfortable as they were or maybe they want to be re-entering the world as it currently stands. 170 days, only seeing people as it fits into your situation, whether you live alone, whether you have one roommate, whether you live with a family, whether you have a family. Your comfort levels in social situations as well as your social abilities will be iffy after this long without practice. I still only go to the grocery store. I still have only hung out with one person since I've gotten better. Shout out to Mickey again. I don't even really like walks anymore, especially these last two weeks when it's been super nice out and more and more people are out walking around with their dogs, with their kids, with their family, whatever. I've always had some form of social anxiety that was just sparked from my own insecurities and nothing else really, so I expected those to remain. And I'm not antisocial. I love conversation like, what the fuck am I doing right now? I just get anxious. There's no real juice to it. And after so many months, this fucking long, it's super easy to say, well... I'll just go back inside. I'll do it tomorrow. I don't need to leave the house today. I'll do it tomorrow. Because we're supposed to stay at the crib. We shouldn't be out anyways. It's muscle memory at this point. It's like in baseball when you're trying to switch your swing up a little bit, whether you want to hold your elbow a little higher or just rework it all together. It takes some time to perfect it. It takes some time for that new swing to be the swing. Similar to the mindset we have now, when we are told to stay in the house for seven months, we're reworking our minds to say we need to stay in the house. We need to not go do dumb shit. We need to not go to that party or go to that outing or do whatever. Maybe I should say no. Maybe I should not go. It's the same thing. You're telling your mind, do it this way, do it this way, be about this, do this, do this, be smart. It's been seven months. I don't want to go anywhere. I can get invited somewhere. I don't want to go. I'm the most flaky person in the world now. Actually, I take that back. I don't get asked to hang out a ton because I really just, I don't know, I'd just be doing my own thing, I guess. And again, for some people, it's automatic. You can just switch 
back onto social mode and you can go back out and you can do whatever and re-enter your life and everything's fine like nothing happened but for a lot of people that's not the case and that's what we're going to talk about here that's what we are talking about here whether your issue is sleep schedule productivity if you've put on weight during quarantine if your personality has completely changed and you don't know if it's for the better or not you have developed a drinking problem or a smoking problem not even a problem if you've just been doing it too much lately and you want to get out of it you want to break the habit you want to get back to normal you want to kind of set yourself a routine over time so you can get back into the groove of things we're going to talk about how to fix that because i'm doing it right now and i've had some things that worked i've had some things that haven't worked and i'm going to share that with you guys and maybe it'll help you maybe it won't we're just going to see how it goes because while I know some people that haven't taken this seriously from the beginning and still do not, there are some people who have taken it, I wouldn't say too seriously, but extremely seriously, that still haven't left their house, literally not left the house since March, like haven't left their front yard, groceries delivered, stuff like that. And before you pass judgment on it, yeah, it may be a tad extreme, but at the same time, would you rather have people being a tad extreme and being overly safe? than people being completely reckless and it could potentially affect you or a loved one or anyone in general. You gotta weigh the options here. Anyways, now that we're starting to see the country reopen up again and everything begin to get back to a state or a version of normal, consider these things that I'm about to tell you as you re-enter society or as you already have and it's not going particularly well. I'm gonna attempt to tap into your mind as I talk about things that have crossed mine with the situations I've dealt with. Because like I said, no two situations are the exact same, but I think you'll be surprised at how similar a lot of our minds actually think. So here's some of the reasons I came up with as to why I think you are stubborn about re-entering society, or if you have already, why it's not going the greatest. You may not want to leave the house because you are truly, completely terrified of the virus. Or after being alone this long, the thought of dealing with things socially, whether it's at work or friends or anything, is just a little too much for you right now and you'd rather stay in. Or you were never that social and this has given you an opportunity to stay in. Or quote-unquote, we're supposed to stay inside, or the current state of this country intimidates you from the protests to the riots to the fires to the virus to the violence that can stem from politics. It's a lot, and that's fair. You won't be allowed to stay in there forever. Real life will go on, so you can either A, remain content as you head down this path of whatever hobbies and habits you've created the last half year at your crib, or B, you can begin to take steps that won't fix all of these problems right away, but over time will make it significantly easier to get back into a flow. At this point, your mind probably believes that going to the grocery store or going to get fast food is an outing. Start with walks. Take a friend, take a homie, talk the whole fucking time you're doing it. Being around someone comfortable in a setting you aren't as comfortable with will help put you at ease. Do it every fucking day. If you don't have a homie available that often, don't throw your AirPods in and don't glue your eyes to your phone screen the whole time you're doing it. Listen to something with meaning behind it that will help you or teach you a lesson. Maybe a podcast, I don't know, just something to think about. Keep that fucking phone in your pocket. Focus on your surroundings. Find something you're comfortable listening to. This may sound dumb, but if you can do it for 15 or 30 minutes every day at a semi-consistent time, it will do a ton. And it's something that is added now to your routine. Add things to your routine one at a time. A routine is not built overnight. Why you add things one at a time to your schedule is because obviously you have those things that you have to do every day, like work, school, showering, I hope, stuff like that. 
But if you're trying to get back on track and add more substance to your day and you want to say add a walk at like 8 p.m. until 8.30, it's way easier to focus on adding that one thing every day than being up until 2 a.m. one night completely smoked out saying I'm going to get up at 6.30, go for a run, then lift, then shower, then breakfast, then work, then that, then this, then this, then this, and I'm going to be so productive. It's not going to happen. And even if you can somehow force it for a day or two, it's not going to last. What's going to happen is you're going to overwhelm yourself and you're going to sleep in and you're going to miss that 6.30 run and then the rest of your day is going to be shot because you put so much pressure and expectation on developing this complex routine that you have not been practicing or preparing for and you're just going to end up doing nothing and then guess what? You're doing the same thing you've been doing. And as we exit this extended period of time where we weren't forced to do much other than stay at the house, it would be wise to develop healthy habits and healthy ways to deal with your broken schedule, your broken routine, and you want to repair it, let's do it in a healthy way. Let's not overwhelm your mind and your body in the process. So start with a walk. Add a walk to your routine. Do it every day for a week. Boom, it's in your routine. Two weeks, boom. If it takes that long, do it that long. Then you add another thing, whether you want to start lifting weights or you want to start cooking dinner every night. Reserve 30 minutes to cook dinner. So you walk from 8 to 8.30. You got a nice workout in. Now you're hungry and you want to get ready for bed too. Make your dinner. Go to bed. Do what you got to do to add productivity, to add substance to your day. Now at 8 o'clock, you're going out for this walk where you can get some fresh air and clear your mind. You can talk to your friend or you can listen to that podcast that you need to listen to this week. And then you come back, you're making dinner, and then you're exhausted because you went for a walk, you had a long day, and then you made dinner, and now you're full and you're tired. You go straight to bed, you're on a better sleep schedule as well. If you're exhausting your body and your mind throughout the day, you'll be tired at night rather than spending that 8 to 9 o'clock on TikTok on your phone that would likely result in another hour or two on your phone scrolling doing nothing. Then it's midnight, then you're wide awake, then you're trying to drink a glass of wine or smoke to try and sleep and then your schedule is all fucked up and then you're tired the next day it's not all gonna happen overnight but it took time during quarantine to develop your bad sleep schedule to develop your bad schedule during the day to develop the bad habits you have when you can't sleep or just in general so it's gonna take time to fix them and it's up to you if you want to start taking those healthy steps now or if you want to take them later because I promise if you take them now it will be massive as you're trying to re-enter society and go through everyday life like you were nine months ago with this huge gap. You'll be more comfortable. You'll be okay talking to people. You won't be as anxious doing everyday things that were nothing nine months ago. The next and likely final example is about social media, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, Tinder, Bumble, even YouTube in some aspects. Hit the reset button on all of these things. About two weeks ago, I unfollowed everyone and cleared my feed. Social media and the everyday stress that comes from either rumors and drama, beef, and measuring one person's success and worth to another based off their social media standing, it's toxic and it can be a lot sometimes. I unfollowed everybody because I wanted to take a step back. I can't just say I'll stop opening it because we've been opening these apps for eight or nine years, a thousand times a day, every day. They've kind of grown up with us. It's a part of what our generation is, so we're just not gonna stop checking it. So now when I'm sitting down, I'm chilling, I'm bored, and I open my phone and I instinctively click on Instagram, there's nothing there, there's no feed, there's no posts, there's no stories. When I click on 
TikTok, there's nothing there. When I click on Twitter, there's nothing there. The feed's empty. So yes, I'm going to click on the app. It's natural instinct. I've been doing it for years. And as always, I'm going to offer the counter argument. I'm going to say people would tell me or whoever, put the phone down. Just don't open it. Just don't spend a ton of time on it. And for some, it's too tempting. Like I said, we've grown up with this shit. This generation is social media. It's, it's influential. It's like the news in some way. It's how we stay aware and informed on what's going on. It's very important. Similar to, say, you have a drinking problem. If you don't bring alcohol in the house, the chances of you drinking goes down a lot. If I unfollow everybody, the chances of me using that app goes down a lot. I can still get on it. I can still search people up. Similar to that person still being able to go get alcohol. I'm just removing most of the temptation and handling it myself from there. And I could change my mind tomorrow and feel comfortable enough to start following people again and just being wiser with who I give a follow to or who I give a like to and kind of adding more emphasis to it like it actually means something rather than liking everything or following whoever for whatever fucking reason. I need to be more wise with who I'm going to be choosing to offer my time to, who I'm going to be offering my mind to when I'm scrolling through and reading these things, seeing the pictures, seeing the stories and what they promote and who they are and what they are and what they're about. I need to be more wise about that. Another reason this is benefiting me so much is because that extra time that I have, the 5 to 15 minutes there, the 30 minutes there, I can use that free time and commit that to myself and figuring out who I want to be, what I want to do. Figuring out what can I do today to be better than I was yesterday. What do I want to try and add to my routine this week because I have this much extra free time because I'm not on Instagram. And throughout this time that you're committing to yourself, you're definitely going to figure some things out about yourself you didn't know before and who you want to be and who you want to become, who you want to invest your time and effort into, things like that. And the things that you add to your routine will become more and more significant over time, which in turn will help your overall well-being. Basically living for you, so to say. But it's been like a week or two with the social media stuff. I don't even really click on the apps anymore, so that's good. It's just been really healthy for me overall. And of course, I'm going to promote the podcast. Maybe I'll post like a, a song on an IG story or something every once in a while, kind of put you guys on. But other than that, I, I may keep it this way for a little bit. I could change my mind tomorrow. I don't know. But this is something that has helped tremendously that I think could help a lot of people in the, I'm going to compare myself to this person because they're living a greater life that I would want to live, or I'm going to compare myself to the way this person looks or how in shape this person is. It's all about you. You aren't seeing anything. You aren't influenced by anything. It's up to you at that point, how you want to spend your day, how you want to give your effort and put your energy into the world. Overall, if you're still at the crib or if you're having to go back to work or school or if you've been back and things just aren't right with you or you've never quarantined and you're in the same exact spot, social anxiety happens. Everyone's affected by it in so many different ways, but we all think kind of similar or feed our minds the same excuses. I normally wouldn't speak on anything unless I knew I could make it relatable to you guys, but this is one of those things I think everyone's kind of dealing with in one way or another. Some will think I'm being over the top or dramatic in every way possible, and that's fair because some haven't had much change during this time and that's a huge benefit to them some may not deal with it at all so they don't understand and they're allowed to not understand there's more about this world all of us don't understand than we do that's why everyone's allowed to have opinions if everyone knew everything then there would be nothing to debate but that's where I think I want to wrap up this first episode. Uh, it's a good first episode back. I'm excited to be back. If you guys have any topics you want to suggest for an episode going forward, or if you have any questions on this one, y'all know how to get in contact with me. It's super easy. But from there, every Friday night, be ready here going forward. As always, I fucking appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Peace.